This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook, and at trevorjamesflutes.com. Hello everybody and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean-Paul Wright. This week I'm delighted to welcome back a dear friend of mine, Daniela Mars. For those of you who don't know Daniela, she is a Brazilian flutist, or flautist depending on your way of saying it, raised in Japan, South Korea, Brazil and England. Now, I hadn't had the opportunity to see Daniela for a good couple of years since before COVID restrictions were introduced into Europe. So I was delighted to catch up with her via Zoom to her place in Paris, where we had a brief chat-at, well, actually turned into a long chat-at about her excited new crowdfunded album, which was recorded in Brazil. So, Daniela. Yes. Since we last met, which was pre-pandemic. It was another universe. (laughs) It was another universe, but you never stayed. I don't want to talk about that C word, even though it's still with us and we have greater issues to deal with in the world, such as a war in Ukraine. I want to understand and tell our listeners exactly what you've been doing for the last, oh, cracky, two years, because (laughs) you're releasing an album But you began the whole process during lockdown. And let's take you back. Where did that nugget of an idea come from? And then how did you then take it just from an idea and a dream into fruition? Right. So this idea, actually, I had for a few years because... um, I'm really a very big fan of uh, Bjork and Beyonce. And they were both, they're both two artists which are very, very different, but I admired a lot. And they both did, had, had done visual albums before. And I had always loved making videos. I'd always uh, loved shooting or editing, putting some images to the music I'd recorded. Um, that's even how we first got in touch, actually, was from the Zoom video. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so this was an idea I had when I was living in Vienna. And, but I never really, I don't know, the thing seemed so big and so impossible that I never really, you know, it was always at the back of my mind. And it was always something that I kept on coming. And I had some friends which were like, oh, you should, you should do your album soon. You should, you should like pressure, but like the the friendly kind of pressure, you know, like, when is it going to come? And um, then I thought, okay, I started putting pieces together. I said, okay, well, I would need to do this, but then to do the videos, I could edit them myself. So it would be cheaper. I would just need someone to film me. And I I started, and then the whole pandemic blew up and you just have a lot more time to be alone with your thoughts. And so that's when I started really thinking of how how I could make it happen. I decided to do a crowdfunding in the second lockdown here in France. I think it was the second lockdown, which really made me just be like, okay, okay. I've, I've had enough, you know, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm going to do the crowdfunding now. And I did it um, towards the end of um, 20, 2020. Yeah, that very strange year. And uh, it was actually, to my surprise, uh, it was a huge success. And I, it was really such a pleasure to receive all the messages of the people who were supporting me because 
during that crowdfunding, I, I got in, I, I met people through social media that I hadn't ever really spoken to, but they had been following me for a while. And you just never really know who's following you sometimes. And the messages I received were just so overwhelmingly lovely. They were, they were really lovely. And, um, when uh, the, the amount of support. So that's how I got the, the funding for the album. But then of course you have to do the album. And, uh, I had to, I thought, okay, I really want to do it in this hall in Brazil. And like that, it can be, you know, two, two birds, one stone. I can see my family. I can record it there. I also kind of wanted to bring some money into Brazil because of the whole crisis we were having. And uh, it would, um, so yeah, I just, uh, I decided, okay, I will, I will do it in Brazil in this amazing hall. And when I thought about that, nothing was happening in Brazil regarding the pandemic. Everyone was saying, oh, the virus doesn't pass on because it's hot. You know, like they were saying, oh, in warm countries, it doesn't happen. Of course, plot twist, Brazil became a catastrophe with the virus. And um, I had to reschedule that trip. I think yeah, three times. So on the, th on the third time it worked, but I had booked the hall. I had contacted the musicians and I was like, sorry, it can't happen because everything shut down in Brazil. And then it shut down again. Third time, lucky it happened. And I went there in August, 2021, recorded everything. It went very well, but it was also a very surreal experience. It was just because I think it was something I'd been dreaming of for so long. And with all the all the things that were coming up, which uh, all the barriers, all the problems, uh, when it finally happened, it was a very surreal experience. And it was as if it, la it was also surreal because I had just arrived in Brazil after not being there for so long during the pandemic. I had arrived in a city which wasn't mine because usually whenever I go to Brazil, I go straight to Goiânia. I don't go to Rio. Like I just maybe change flights there, but I arrived there. I wasn't with my, my family. I was in the city, which I don't really know that well, just staying in an Airbnb to record this album because I wanted to do that before I saw my family. It was, it was very, 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 very surreal. I had never felt that before going back to Brazil. Usually when I go back home, I, I have this feeling where it's, I'm very happy and it's nostalgic. It's a very unique feeling, but this was completely different. Um, but it was a great experience. It was really great to, to be there. And, uh, it was, it, yeah, it was fantastic. And then uh, to do the videos, because of course I, I, I told everyone I wanted to do a visual album. So that means every single track has a video to it. And, you know, these aren't, uh, some of these tracks aren't short pieces. Like it's not just a, I don't know, three minute pop song, you know, where <laughs> you can do something. So um, like for them, the flute concerto is that I'm recorded. It's about 22 minutes long. And that's still something I have to edit um the video for but uh, so it was a lot of work the video I did also in Brazil I got a videographer someone, someone who could film me we went to a, a place called Chapada dos Viadeiros which is a natural natural park again it was it was a great experience but this was even more tiring than the recording because to to get to all of these amazing places there was a huge hike like usually like we had to hike and it was the dry season in my state which means we it hadn't seen rain for three months. It was very, sometimes humidity was as low as, I don't know, 8%. And it was super hot. Um, so to be hiking in the heat and in the dry, it's, um, and then once you get to the place where you have to film, you know, you're already sweating. The makeup you put on is already melted on your face. You've got mud, you've got mosquito bites. And you're like, okay, I need to put on a concert dress now. You know, and you're like, you're panting. So you put on a, 
I put on a dress over the over, over all the mosquito bites and just filmed. So it was very tiring because of that as well. But I think once the, I, the he started filming, my exhaustion just disappeared. I was like, okay, I have to do this. Like, there's no way that I got to this point and I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna do uh, as well as I can. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna film it, you know, because once you get to the point, you just wanna rest, drink some water, see the view, get back. <laughs> but of course, that's not what we had gone there to do. Um, but yeah, so now I've got all the videos, I've got all the recordings, it's coming out once every month. At the moment and then until the whole album comes out the videos i'm editing myself which has been even though it's a lot of work i adore doing it so it's um really a, a pleasure i'm really enjoying it and i'm i'm so glad that it's finally coming out so daniela the music okay. that you chose to play what made, yeah. what drew you to that music in other words did you have the visual the video in mind when you thought of the music or was it the opposite way around it was the other way around. Um, I, I mean, there was one place which I knew I definitely wanted to film, but and I and I wasn't sure which video I would, which which piece I would do it in. But usually, I would hear the music and then see in my head what I wanted, and then I'd pick a place to to represent that. But what drew me to the music? Well, for me, it was very important that all of these pieces came from living composers. I wanted it in some way to be linked to nature because the whole idea of the album is that it is all linked to nature. So all the videos are done in these remote, gorgeous, natural places. And also, for example, the first piece that came out, the first single is called Princess Mononoke or Mononoke Hime, but in Japanese that means Princess Mononoke. And it's the theme of that piece comes from the theme from a movie, which just it's by Miyazaki and the whole theme is just talking about man's relationship to nature and it's a very very beautiful movie and then there's pieces like Orange Dawn by Ian Clark which also talks about the sunrise so usually all of these most of these pieces are very beautiful pieces they're very um I wouldn't say easy listening because uh, I don't really like that word so much but it's it's a it's a piece which you don't have to be a huge fan of classical music for you to for you to enjoy it. Um, all of them are like that, except the flute concerto. The flute concerto is is darker, and it's almost as if and you'll probably you'll see this in a video because in all of the videos you can see these amazing places and there's me playing the flute and it can look very like fairy like skipping through a field or whatever. Um, but in the Nola flute concerto. Uh, by Benjamin Yusupov, that's uh, I wanted to add that in because it's a much darker feel and it's it's also kind of I mean at least I in the video I hope to almost express my anger of the situation that we're in and disappointments because I did put in the video of the crowdfunding that I wanted to kind of show the beauty of nature and maybe motivate us to kind of um, protect it more or to be more conscious uh, environmentally conscious but then at some point I would think, but how is that going to change anything? What, are people going to see a beautiful image and hear this music and think, oh, wow, that's beautiful. I'm going to, I don't know, take the airplane less. Or I'm going to eat less meat. I don't think so. So, I mean, maybe in my mind, I was thinking, yes, that, that would help. I mean, it, it, it becomes kind of a, it, it was a beautiful journey to, to do all of this, but it can become kind of frustrating sometimes too, because 
you, especially if you see the situation and, and read and you're really up to date as to what's going on with our environmental crisis, it can become also very um, suffocating and um, you feel very, like you've got no power over it, like you can't really do anything. So in the last piece, which will come out as, as a single, but will be in the album, is the Nola Flute Concerto, and that's much more of a darker or a more pensive piece and video. I know you're a very thoughtful, we've known each other a long time, and you're a very thoughtful person <laughs> and a very visual person. And I can understand when you say, you know, I want people to to get a deeper understanding and to become active in their support and belief and, you know, almost become, sort of put themselves out there because the environment, we are in great danger with our environment and with all the things going on at the moment, we are in danger of forgetting what is, you know, forgetting the, the earth of the future. However, it just takes one person. And if yeah. one person to start something and just because you've written an album and you want people to take the environment really seriously, it may not create sort of this urgent uh, snow, snowballing effect around the world. But from those who do listen to it and those that get involved with it through crowdfunding, they will understand. And if they begin to change their minds, if they begin to embrace change and embrace the need for the future, that then trickles down to others. And it's, I hope so, yes. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, right, yeah. yeah so it's, I understand the frustration, but what you're doing is still very, very important. In that if you, even if you just enlighten one person, that person then will begin, will begin to speak to others. And it's the pyramid effect. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the effect that I, I hope to to be able to get out of it. And of course, I hope the people love enjoy the music too. That's also very important. <laughs> it's interesting you went back to Brazil and, you know, the, mm. the rainforest is disappearing or the jungle is disappearing at an alarming yeah. rate and we're getting to a stage where we won't be able to come back from it. it, it without getting into politics, it is... It is just a hard thing for us in the on the western side of the globe to see what's going on the going over in Brazil and in Peru. Yes. Just how the jungle is rapidly disappearing, and so is our nature. That is really hard for us to sort of see and get to grips with. How is it viewed in Brazil? Uh well, um, Right now, it's it's a very um, the the country is very divided because even though I thought that no one could possibly like Bolsonaro and no one would vote for him, of course there were people because first of all you have to vote in Brazil by law you know you, you can't not vote um, if you don't vote you have to give a reason why and if you don't you you pay a fine so everyone has to vote and it's not as if you know I don't know. Many people were saying that most of England didn't want there to be a Brexit, but it's just that many people didn't vote. You know, you can't use that excuse in Brazil. Like, we all voted. Um, so it's it's kind of shocking when you see that there are people who still do support Bolsonaro, because when I went there, it's it's still very, very divided. People really are so, are really against Lula. 
because of all the corruption. And then many people, they use the excuse of like, oh, I vote for Bolsonaro because I can't have this corrupt president. You know, I can't have Lula. And, oh, it's, I mean, you just were like screaming sometimes. Like even once I, w- I was getting a taxi to the, to the hall and um, the taxi driver started talking to me about politics and, to, and, and talking to me about Bolsonaro. And it became a really heated discussion. Which was hard. It was, I was just like, I, okay, I have to get out of this, this, this taxi like as quickly as possible because it's, um, we just can't, under, I think can't understand each other. So the whole environmental crisis, I don't think it's as present in Brazil, unfortunately, as it is in, as in people aren't as conscious in Brazil as they are maybe in Europe, because it's meat is so cheap in Brazil compared to Europe. And, and it's, we eat it on, I mean, I don't, I've been vegetarian for years, but uh, people in Brazil eat meat like almost every meal. So it, it's frustrating again, <laughs> that's the word. How did the situation and the heartbreak that's, that you can see from afar, from Paris to what's going on with the natural world, especially, we'll say the Amazon in Brazil, for example, mm-hmm. How did how did this these feelings this heartbreak this anxiety sort of come over in your album and oh, I just hit my microphone how did it come over in your in your interpretation Well whenever I would start a piece and I already had very much the image of what I wanted in the video so I mean cuz when I'd hear the piece like a recording or when I'd be practicing it I would have the image of uh, an image in my head and that's the image of course I would want to to the video so that always helped a lot because for example the the mononoke hime video that where i'm uh, there's a part where I'm, I'm running through the through this jungle barefoot that was a very um for me it was important to be barefoot like it was important to have this kind of connection to to feel the earth to feel the water to feel the like on on your on the soles of your feet and um so that's always helped me a lot with the interpretation, that kind of the, the freedom in Mononoke during those fast passages. Uh, these I interpret it as the freedom, as the as as going going through this dense vegeta- vegetation and just living in it. Um, with the Estanat Lehi video, which is going to come out up today, actually, uh, with the bass flute piece. First of all, Estanat Lehi is the name of a god. Uh, Native American Indian uh, goddess, and uh, there's this whole her story. It's it's uh, is, is a, she has a relationship with the sun, and so for me it was also very important to do that during the sunset, where the sun was low enough that you could see me and the sun behind me. So all of the images of nature always helped a lot. In Nola, in the the, the flute concerto, where it's there are some passages which are very technical and very like really in the high 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 octave of the flute there i think i play i don't know 30 high d's in that piece it's 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 yeah it's it's very 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 high and so you're using like a lot of your power you know it's almost exhausting you have your abs like you know like so that also helped me a lot that kind of um fight or urge to kind of do something action you know movements all of that helped a lot, but it was it was an album which was definitely and the pieces, the recording, all of the process was very. I had nature in mind, but I'm I'm a very I'm a person who loves being outdoors, so it's almost always like that in my mind. But it's um, it was definitely more present with these recordings. How long did the recordings take in total? It took less than I thought. Actually, I I had booked the hall for 
oh, I'm not going to remember. I had one day to do flute piano. I think I had booked the hall for three days and a half. Wow. And I ended up only needing, I think it was that. But I remember that I left one piece. I left the last piece I recorded was the one on the bass, bass flute, the solo bass flute. And I left that for last. And it was when, a day where I had three hours in the hall. And I, I, I could have done it another day. But since I had this other day, other day left, I thought, okay, I'm just going to sleep wake up tomorrow, know that I have this last piece, which I have really, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to go well. And so I, so I did it in a less than an hour, I think. And it was really strange. It was almost as if the stars were aligned because with some of these pieces, because I think Estanat Lehi, the, the flute, the, the piece of um, the bass flute is the one which needed the least amount of cuts. Like there was one take, which was practically perfect wow. like I could have used it but then you know we start we start listening to things and then we find things which aren't there which we want to change which is oh my gosh listening to your tracks that's another process which is <laughs> which deserves another like a whole podcast because you can go on for ages but um you certainly on, the, yeah, on was, the bass flute pit you don't just sort of float around in the low register as people understand the bass flute you go right up yeah. you go right up to the top as well don't you Yes, that, that that piece has a, I think it's a high B or a B flat, I can't remember now, but it's it's very, but it it, it sounds, it, first of all, it comes out so easily with the, with the Trevor James bass flute that I have. So it was, I wasn't worried about that, but it's, it's a great piece, which explores the whole range because I think the lowest note, yeah, it is, it's the low C. So it, it goes, it really explores the whole range and Robert Patterson is the composer and he, he writes so well for the flute. I was, I was almost surprised because I think there are three pieces. There's Ian Clark, Francisco Lopez, and Ronda Larson. So there are three pieces which are composed by flutists. Mm. And because I, I love the way flutists write for the flutes, you know, they really know how to. And Robert Patterson, he's a percussionist um, in the beginning, so before being a composer. And um, I just found it beautiful the way he, he wrote so, so well for the, for the bass flutes. So let's just touch, and I, I know it's a whole podcast in itself. You record, <laughs> you record that first piece in that beautiful venue, yeah. and then you go and listen to yourself playing it. <gasps> it. Probably the first time you've heard yourself as an audience would hear it. What was that feeling yeah. like? Because I, we, we all know, those that follow you know that you've worked so hard for this, that you've practiced so, so hard. What was it like to hear yourself the first time? Oh, well, <laughs> I was scared. Like I was nervous. It was almost um, as if I was almost more nervous than when I was going to record. You know, I was, um, I mean, it's funny because when I was recording, I was really in my zone and it was fine. But when you listen to yourself, you're like, okay, there's no going back. This is it. I can't just go get the hall, get the orchestra, get the pianist again and be like, guys, we're doing this again because I'm not happy. You know, there, there was no chance. So I was, I just listened and some things it's it's funny because the more you listen the yeah. more you kind of um yeah. you find you find things which are different but you also realize it's never as bad as you think it's going to be you know because i was preparing myself for the worst and in my mind there were all these voices saying like oh this part you should have done more like it's not going to be enough in the end i i'm happy with it and in, in, i mean some things of course there will always be that there are things which i would definitely wanted to have done quote unquote better if that you know however whatever better means to each person 
there are things which I'm not completely happy with. But then I told myself, okay, it's unfair on you. It's unfair on the people who supported you that you went through all of this, that you gave it as much as you could and you're not satisfied and you're disappointed. Like you, you, it's, you know, life is more than that. You should, you know, it was a great experience. It's beautiful music. You have so many amazing people who want you to do this and who support you. So there's, it's almost stupid to feel like to feel like to feel um I don't even know what the word is not exactly disappointed in yourself but just it's almost it almost feels like you're being ungrateful you know to yourself to to the journey to all, all these people so when there was a track which I really didn't like that much like which I was like okay I maybe could have done that that way and it would have been sounded clearer or it would have sounded better or more in tune or whatever it was I just told myself okay that's how you played that day it's not who you're going, it's not how you're going to play in a month. It's not how you're going to play in a year. It just represents where I was at that time. And I'm okay. I've, I've made peace with, with listening to myself for the moment. <laughs> I mean, another way to flip it is instead of spending a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month in the studio, getting it to the point where it is so processed and so repeated, chunks repeated, yeah. that what you did was something that was very much of the moment. And for musicians, for an audience, that is so important that you're not listening to a processed album, one that has been chopped together to create, in inverted commas, perfection, because we need to hear genuine music. And to do an album in less than three days, I mean, that is just stupid in itself, isn't it? And, (laughs) And I think, you know, it's to say, yeah, there'll always be, even on a studio album, There'll be times that you go back, what, years later and say, I would have done that differently. But I don't don't think you can be hard on yourself because everything you did was in that moment and everything you did was so raw and was just so, just so then. If you'd come back and done some work in a Paris studio, it would not have felt the same because you weren't in Brazil. You weren't in that studio. So I think... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you didn't, you just need to, um, from my perspective, I think you just need to twist it and say that was in the moment. And looking back in two weeks or three weeks later, when I wasn't in that hall, I can hear well, I would like to have done that differently. But at that moment, that was how you did it, and that's that's the joy, isn't it, of that type of music? Completely, making. completely, yes. And and it's it's exactly what I it's exactly what I told myself, and it's it's exactly what I. I ended up realizing because I was thinking, okay, I, I am, I am really grateful that all of this happened and this album, these tracks, all of these, the the way I played is really a representation of everything. You know, it's, it's, it is exactly as you said, I I don't want to repeat everything you said, but like, it's the fact of being in Brazil. It's the fact of being in that hall. It's the, it's how I felt at that moment. It's, it's who I was, it's how I played at that moment. It's all of it. It's just a very, yeah, it's 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 exactly it's a raw thing. It's exactly it's exactly how you said it. When you were out with the videographer, in did you have yeah. music going on so that you could you could work to the music? Did you have a sound, or was he just uh, was he just videoing sort of scenescapes and you so that you could combine it all within that structure of the music? Mm. No, it was both. Uh, when I was when there were scenes where I was playing the flute, I did have almost always um, 
uh, something in my ear so I could put so that the fingers would line up. Um, but most of the time I'd be like, okay, I want you to film the roots from the tree going down all the way up to the leaves. And, and then I'd be like, okay, you know, do that again, but slower, you know, so that, um, cause I knew what I would want. Uh, so my, most of the times it was without the music and I would just add it in because I knew what I wanted. Like I knew that in Mononoke and I, I wanted uh, there to be a scene where I'm running and he's like running after me so he can follow me through the leaves and um, that actually worked really well in the piece. I had to even slow it down, but it, but it worked. It worked really well. Um, pieces like Orange Dawn, um, that there were many times where I didn't have anything. So it, many of it is is images. Many of it is just uh, the images of nature. But yeah, your memory was really good. Is that I first came across you on a really old YouTube video of you playing. Zoom tube and yes. you're in a ballet, you know, sort of tutu and doing some ballet. Phenomenal. I just, what got me was the was the narrative of the story, which matched the music, yeah. and I just thought it was great. So with this album, this album for you, the visual side is just as important as the flute side. Do you do you yes. create a storyboard of each piece, or can you just see it in your head? Well, the problem and. Well, okay, the beauty with imagination, let's just say, is that you can imagine that there are no limits, you know, there are no boundaries. But the problem is that once you want to translate what you imagine in your head to a video, <laughs> you, can, you know, it's not possible, you know, some things just are physically impossible, you know. And um, so, so yes, uh, there were things which I, I mean, of course, the visual, yes, it's, it's very, it's as important as the music almost, or probably as important, but uh, it, it's hard. You can't translate everything you see into video, unfortunately, because uh, unless, I mean, you would probably need a very much, much bigger budget and special effects team. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's so, yeah, ZoomTube is a, uh, so, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. each piece, each piece, does it have a story? Um, yes, it, it definitely does. I couldn't obviously do everything that I wanted in my head, um, but it definitely has a, a story to it. Some which won't, some which won't exactly be very clear. Um, I, th I think, but that's also good because mm. uh, I want everyone to have their own interpretation, their own visuals when they see it or when, when they hear it. You know, I would even like people to maybe hear the piece first and then see the video to see, like, I'd, I'd be curious to see what is it that people see in their minds when they hear the piece and does it translate similar maybe, like even if it's the colors, um, because the colors were also very important to me in the piece to, in the video, sorry, to, to translate into how it translated from the piece into the, to what I saw. Um, That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. T tonal colors and visual colors. I mean, you know, there is a, a you know, a potential sort of for a clash, isn't there? Because what mm. you, what you would see from a visual color would may not necessarily be from a, uh, a tonal color perspective. And I quite like that because there's that co contrast and there's this sort of um, argument going on, potential argument between the two, which does cause itself uh, a narrative, doesn't it? It does sort of mean mm. that you then have to engage rather than just listen. You then have to engage your ears and your eyes at the same time. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, with the solo bass flute piece, uh, it's got that very earthy sound, especially in this piece with the low register and the note bends and even the flutter tonking, actually. It, it creates a very, it created a very earthly effect for me. So I wanted that, I mean, you'll see it in the video um, later on. I wanted that kind of um, very earthy, but yellowish colors, kind of like a dry. So it was perfect for the time of the year as well, because it's just so dry in my state in Brazil during that time. Like there's a lot of like yellow grass and, and the, the leaves. So it translated very well uh, with, with the video. How long before you finished everything? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a big question. Um, so I, I have a timeline. I, I think the last piece from the album will be out uh, for streaming on the on, in July. Um, I'm releasing it with uh, Vodges 8 Records, actually, which is an English, English label. And uh, we agreed that we'd do it, we'd put uh, one track a month. Mm -hmm one track every four weeks. Um, but the physical album sh will be probably out before that. There's still a lot of, now th this is a, it's still an unsolved story because it's, uh, there's a lot of going back and forth with the sound engineer who's in Brazil and when, whether he has time for certain things and the flute concerto, um, which is actually a concerto for four different flutes. Mm. Um, it's, uh, that takes more work to for him to work on with all the mics he had because we had so just really quickly i had a flute with a kind of dizzy head joint which i which i managed to make um i had a bass flute a normal c flute and a contrabass flute mm -hmm. for this concerto and for the contrabass flute and the bass flute the composer had asked to put microphone two microphones no three microphones one near the mouthpiece one near the keys and one inside the contrabass. Oh, wow. Well. So all of that takes work to, you know, the setup and everything. But it's a fantastic concerto. It's the best concerto, I think. I, I, I adore it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take you back a bit. The dizzy head joint. You made it yourself. You, yes. drew, you just drilled a hole in the head joint, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Because, I mean, I was thinking, okay, I could buy one of these head joints with the budget from the Kickstarter. But I just kept on thinking... I mean, these aren't cheap. These head joints, if you if you buy them, no, um, no, not at all. They're not, they're not at all. And then I thought, and then I think, yes, you suggested. You you told me you said, you know what, you can just make one yourself. Stephen Clark has done it. Why don't you just? I'll I'll give you a head joint. You just drill a hole in them, and it worked. It worked <laughs> very well. I I did some videos. I put on YouTube, and someone actually commented, like made a huge comment saying. Um, that's great that you're doing this, but I think if you use, like, he, he told me, he was actually a Dizzy player, and he was explaining how it worked and why, because in the beginning, I was just putting cigarette paper over the hole, but the Dizzy paper, it works so much better, right. and it, it, it makes such a cool sound, so it, it actually worked very well. I was always thinking when I was recording, I was like, oh my gosh, what if this paper snaps, <laughs> and, I have to, <laughs> and I have to do one, like, in, in 15 minutes, because I had other ones you know, to, just in case, but uh, it all worked out well. And I even showed the composer first. I recorded myself a bit um, with my phone and I sent it to him and he said, no, the sound is exactly how I want it. So that's fine. You can use that head joint. So um, 
it worked well. We I had a, a few calls with him actually for this concerto. Even one call before, one day before I started recording with the orchestra, which was the best call I could have. I was so jet lagged. I woke up at, I think, five in the morning, um, 5 a.m. after having slept maybe for 10 hours that night. And um, he, it, it, was so, it was such a good call because usually when I would have calls with him or exchange emails, it would be very straightforward. Like very, I, would, I don't want to use the word cold, but it would be very like, yes, this, 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 this. And then when I was there recording, he, he was extremely supportive and sweet. And he told me that, I think he was almost preparing me be, um, to not be to my disappointment, you know, because of course, once you're there, I, I could not rehearse, I could not rehearse this piece before. There is no piano reduction for this piece. It's, it's the very complicated, like, I don't even know how you do exactly a piano reduction for it. So the first time that I, re- I rehearsed it with another instrument or, or with, wow. the, with the actual orchestra was with the orchestra. Wow. So, yeah, so so I was thinking, this is insane. This is stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm instead of performing the piece a few times, perfecting it, m- making it more mature, I'm recording and then performing it with other, like, it, I was doing it, there, and he told me, you're doing this the, the, the other way around. Yeah. How people usually do this. But of course, with the pandemic, I didn't really have much choice either. So he said, don't be, don't be too hard on yourself. Whenever I hear my recordings, I always feel like it's going to be worse than it is. And he was like, Tell, you know that this is the first time you're doing that. He was, it was really a great talk. It was like uh, a talk, which I don't know, as if you're just about to go to war and someone is like, yeah, you can do it. And so it was, it was a very, very sweet. And I was surprised. And I, I was, uh, I was, I was, I was very happy. It helped. I was very happy. It helped me a lot with, um, with the whole recording process. Anybody who knows you, and there's lots of people that know you, know that you have this energy <laughs> that seems to it seems to be drawn from everything in the universe. It's sort of you <laughs> you don't stop. My question to you now is this project, which has been in a, a dream of yours, been in your head for many, many years. Are you prepared for that day when it's finally done and it's finally out there? <laughs> Are you actually prepared for that sudden void? That's an amazing question, which I haven't even thought really about. But the the answer, the short answer is yes, for sure. Because <laughs> I already have another project which I want to really? do. Really? Like oh. I already yes, I already I read there's another album I want to record already, which I'm thinking of the pieces. So I mean, I don't think there will ever really be a void because there's just, you know, this whole um album is yeah it's linked to nature it's it's so it's nature it's music it's love those are the three things which i consider the most important in the universe in the world or whatever and those three things are not only limitless but it's abundant and it's infinite you know so um there will still after i finish there's still music there's still there's still nature there's still all this love i have for for all of this so and there is already another thing of, of, okay, what piece, what other pieces would I record next? I definitely want to do another visual album. I already have many of the images in my head. It's going to be very different. It's definitely going to be in nature as well. I think everything, but uh, very different terrain. Uh, so yes, I am prepared. I, I am very much looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to giving the CDs out to the people. I'm going to do a launch concert in Paris. I'm still not sure of the date because that depends on the date of the 
of, of the print that it's printed. But I can't wait to see the people because many of these people I'll be seeing for the first time. And yes, and yeah, I, I can't wait to give you the album in your hands. Too. I want to, I want to come um, over. I want to come over as well. Oh, you're you, you're you're more. You're definitely like you've got all the tickets you want. Bring your family. Bring your bring mouse. <laughs> everyone, really. And I can't wait for that day. And then I can also start on the other things that I've been wanting to do. So, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, do you know nothing surprises me with you. <laughs> but m- most normal people, they would just get this lifelong project done, and then they just go, oh. Now what? But no, your head. Now what? Is, yeah, it's it's. It wouldn't surprise me if you have a, this album and another album, then a, a, the one after that. <laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet. But um, yeah, I I can't wait to to get to work on other things as well. So it's 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 been amazing, amazing process, which is still ongoing, and I get really surprised constantly surprised and I don't want to sound too cheesy or too repetitive but really the amount of support it's been so beautiful and many of the times I was like I don't deserve all of this love and support from these people but it's just it's been amazing that's why the thank you video for the crowdfunding was about one hour and 20 minutes long <laughs> was, yeah. because I <laughs> you want to thank <laughs> every want... single person didn't you yeah and I wanted to talk a bit about that person if um however way I could um, if I knew them personally or even if I didn't I'd be like this person I've talked to a few times or this person I don't know but I'm very grateful and they bought me they bought an album so it's um it's really been amazing I, I highly recommend doing this I mean it's a crazy amount of work you doubt yourself many times but it's uh it's been really really very rewarding well I understand imposter syndrome but you you shouldn't you didn't you shouldn't feel this because People have followed you for many, many years. They know your creativity and they, they, they got involved in the crowdfunding because you just had this dream and you had this project and it wasn't like a normal flute album. And <laughs> that's, what, that's probably why people got involved because it's a mixture of it's you, it's your enjoyment, it's how you present yourself on your various platforms and it's the thought that it was all going to be made in Brazil rather than in a studio in Paris or Berlin or London or somewhere. And yes. it, 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 there's something magical about that. Yes, it was, uh, that was, it was, it was, it definitely added to the whole experience in a way which I did not think it would be that big of a deal. But as soon as I landed in Brazil, then I realized, okay, I'm really glad I'm doing it here. It's a very strange feeling, but I think it was, it was definitely the right choice. And, and the last time there, when it when you knew it was a rap, the the last note, how did you feel? Yes, were you upset? Ah, oh, it was. Oh, I mean, um, I realized that I was going to leave the hall, which was beautiful, and and everything was so surreal. Everything happened as if it was a dream. Like the the director of the hall, a very uh, important man in the world of classical music in Brazil, especially contemporary music. And he had gone there to, to welcome me. He came in on a day of recording to, to t- talk to me a bit, which I found very, very um, thoughtful and sweet. But just meeting him was like surreal. It's like, oh my gosh, I've, I've been, I, I've talked to you a few, only a few times and you're here. And everything was surreal, like rehearsing with the pianist. And then once it was over, it's almost as if, I wanted to stay in the hall for longer, you know, just to, even if it was just to sit there on the stage, like 
meditating or something. I, I wanted to stay, but then they decided to remove the microphone. So it, how did I feel with that last note? Um, I almost felt like I wanted it to last. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted it to last longer, but it was, uh, it was strange because even when, when I would go to record, usually during that day, during the day of the recording, like if I'm recording from 10 to five, I would not need to go to the toilet. I would not need to eat. I would not need to drink. I was just running, moving with this, from this energy, which I didn't know where it came from. But as soon as I stepped my foot into the Airbnb, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. I need to eat. I need to go to the toilet. I need to shower like all at once. You know, it was like this adrenaline would drop down. But once it ended, it was, um, I don't really know how to answer the question. It was, I mean, I was, it was a very huge mixture of feelings, but all good feelings. Maybe there was a tiny bit of nostalgia already, which can be seen as a mixed feeling, good or bad, but um, most, it was 99, 95, 98% positive. And what, was the, last, what was the last note and what instrument was it? It was on the bass flute. It was, oh my gosh, what was the last, last note? I think it was an E. I'm pretty sure it was an E. Um, yeah, it was on the bass flute. It was on Estenat Lehni. And it was the piece which was the most, it was so easy to record. It was so straightforward. It was as if, you know how we always say we, we practice better when we're in our practice rooms or and where we're in. It was as if I was in my room just playing to myself or just uh, meditating on myself with this piece because it, it, it worked so well. And then I was, I even said to the sound engineer at one point, I was like, did you hear anything? And I was like, no, um, I think it was good. I was like, yeah, but that was one take. So we have to do more, you know, it's as if you don't accept that. Yeah. No, let's just do more just to be sure. But, but you know, it was fine. So if you so were, to, was, if you were uh, to pick up the bass flute again, well, when you do pick it yeah. up, when you play that E, will you be able to transport yourself back to that last note and have all those feelings? Will you be, would you be able to do that? Cause you're such a visual and you know, you're such a touchy feely and you, you use all <laughs> your senses, a- you know, if, if, if if that E can always be sort of such an important note for you, couldn't it? Yeah, I could definitely return to it. I could definitely return to that. There's, it's something that's constantly evolving. I can revisit feelings and places by putting myself in, in, in that spot while playing, but there will also be more things coming there. It's as if, you know, it's adding to the catalogue of memory to that yeah. piece. Yeah. I can feel, yeah, it's almost as if you're choosing, do you want to revisit do you want to create something new? The interpretation is always changing and evolving and going back and then going, it's like very volatile. So it's, uh, we just touched it's definitely on, possible. You just touched on it, catalog of memories, because the catalog of memories is what enables us to open it up and to mm. interpret the music as the, on that particular moment. And that's why yeah. every performance that you will do of a certain piece will always be slightly different depending on where you are, how you're feeling, and it will never be identical. And that's the beauty of music, isn't it? It is. It definitely is, which is why um, uh, there's this pianist who she, she posts a lot on Instagram saying killing the perfectionism of classical music or so, so I think it's something like that. And, and the way she describes it is, is a bit as how, how you just said it. It's, you know, it's the beauty of it and it's the whole Sometimes when you're focusing so much on trying to create something which is perfect, you know, it's, it's not true to yourself anymore. And, and, and then you think, 
if it's not true to yourself, then why on earth did you choose to be a musician? It's already so hard. We haven't chosen it to become rich. You know, there's already so much like it's so personal. So if it's personal, it has to be true to yourself. It has to be, of course, also in, true to the composer's visions. You can't just do whatever you want. I mean, and so it's it's there's a there's a balance to have to have. But for you to just strive to create something which you think someone else might find, like the general public uh, or will find perfect, or it's complicated. And and I think it's it's very important to really to, yeah to stay true to yourself when you're performing, when you're when you're recording. What you've released already is absolutely stunning. I just close my eyes because for me, it takes away what I'm looking at in my little space here and I can just sort of get in and I have to put my headphones in as well. And I can, oh, wow. I'm just taken to a different place. And that's the beauty of your playing is that, you know, there is a structure, there is a depth and a warmth and I'm imagining where you're playing in Brazil. And for me, that gives it a different feeling, a different vibe, a different color and a different story. You know, and the hairs do stand up on the back of my neck. And that for me is a mark. Oh, wow. That's the mark of beautiful playing when the hairs stand up. Oh, thank you so much. I can't wait for you to see the video then because it's. I, I think you will enjoy it too. It's funny because I, I really, I was so calm that day. It was the last piece, the last day of recording. And that, it was the only piece where I just put my phone out of the music stand. I was like, I'm just going to film myself recording this. You know, I was just so... It's really as if I was in my practice room or, or just uh, playing for myself, like, doing, okay, I'm going to do a run through. I'm going to be in the zone. It was really like that. So it was, um, it was definitely the easiest piece to record. And what's, what's, have you got a name for the album yet? Yes, it's called Intrinsic. <laughs> and so for yes, all those who aren't involved in the crowdfunding, how can, people, how can our listeners uh, find out more and... Uh, pre-order or do whatever they can to get involved in this because the snippets I've seen are absolutely gorgeous and the playing Danielle I knew you were good but you've excelled <laughs> <laughs> you've excelled on this one it is stunning stunning all flute playing from all the flutes you play including the country bass that you've fallen in love with and it is because it just gives you tones tonal colors and enables you to create things that you know you haven't been able to oh. before so how do people find you, find this album? So uh, so to find the album, it's going to be released with Avocha State Records. I'm not sure how to pre-order it yet, mm -hmm. um, but you can definitely find out more about it just through my social media. I'm going to put something up on my webpage as well about the pre-order, so which is just daniellamars.com. My social media is Daniela Mars Flute on Instagram, on Facebook too. So that's, I, yeah. And you can contact me as well through my webpage. It's the way to find you. And it's also the way to sort of find out more about who you are as a person, but also the things that you've done. The really, yeah. really, And I do urge people to look at some of the very creative videos that you've done, including the bass flute one playing <laughs> the Bjork when there's three of you. Oh, yes. That was the first video I did for on the bass flutes. Yeah, That's why stunning. I contacted you asking, can I borrow a bass flute? <laughs> It was because I had to do that video and I was like, I just have this idea. Can can I just bar and then of course I did the two more Ravel videos with yeah. it. Yeah, that was a very fun uh video to make. It's a very it's a very beautiful piece as well. Yeah, create oh, creativity you. holds no bounds, does it, my lady? <laughs> well, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it and imagination. We but we all have it. We all we just have to tap into it sometimes.
and find the key to unlock it. And that's for many people, certainly some of us listening, well, you know, unlocking creativity can be quite hard. But mm. it is, it's that process and it's allowing yourself and your mind just to be free, isn't it? Yeah. When I listen to music, I, I get a lot of ideas, but not only like um, even when I'm, I danced a lot, like I, I dance like almost every day, like listening to uh, Beyonce, I think probably every single day. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's something which we all had. We were all children. We all, and we, we all still have it. I, I, I hate it when people are like, oh, I, I, I lost it. No, you haven't. It's not lost. It's just dormant or, or something. But I mean, if you feel that you, you know, so if someone feels like they're not creative or they don't have this imagination, it's, it's really, we can all, it's, it's all there. We all have the answer. It's like um, Dorothy. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. All, all everything that those the the lion, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and even Dorothy. Everything they wanted, all the dreams they they, they already had. You know. Sorry, it sounds so cheesy saying that. It's but, not, but, it but that's <laughs> that's why the films lasted so long because we all we all have creativity and. It's allowing ourselves to, you know what it's like. You can be sort of in a, a dizzy, you know, you can have so much coming into your head. But if you were to sit down and just be, as in be, with lockdown, for example, the first lockdown we had, when I heard birds for the first time, because there was no cars, there was no aeroplanes. Oh, yes. And you're thinking, crikey, yes. I heard birds and how beautiful that was. And the creativity yes. that comes in when you allow yourself to have completely outside stuff coming in. Oh yeah, completely. I, I really understand that, especially during the lockdown. I mean, I was so lucky that during the second lockdown, I was somewhere very remote and in nature, but, uh, and, and that was one of the, I mean, it, the whole world was falling apart in some places, but that was one of the best moments in my life. Cause I was just in so much peace and that's all I needed. I just, every day I just go for long, long, long walks and or hikes. And that was just perfection for me i was just so happy daniela thank you so much for joining me from paris today oh it's i'm so exci- i'm so excited about this project and this album and don't forget next time you're in london afternoon tea again my lady because you're such of good course. you're such good company <laughs> no i think we i mean it, it was every time we we'd have afternoon tea they would almost asked us actually once we were asked <laughs> to leave. <laughs> we were asked because they were going to start serving dinner and they, they were. were like are you staying for dinner and we're like no <laughs> oh, how long have we you know and, and then we look around and there's no one there anymore what's going on so it's always such a pleasure it's such a pleasure to meet you and thank, thank you, you all for listening this week please yes pl- yes, yes yes please hunt out daniela on daniellamars.com Thank you so much. It's really my pleasure to be here. Wishing you all a musically fulfilling week ahead. And may your high F sharp be especially in tune. Because mine never is. (laughs) 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 Goodbye all. Thank you.
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.